so spoiler alert this is gonna be a literally a complete rant me literally just sitting in the middle of philadelphia international airport ranting about the government shutdown if you're offended by foul language i suggest you turn this off download some netflix watch some old care bears episodes might put you in a better mood but this bring you all the way down OMG, y'all, welcome back to the show. So when I say this is going to be just me going off, I literally mean that this is just me going off. So we had a little family situation, got a call, got a scare. Me and my brother said, okay, we're dropping everything. We're headed down to Florida to see Pops. I leave work. I had the craziest day leaving work. I left work. I had to go pick up the dog, pack the dog a bag, take him to the kennel, drop him off. They don't answer the phone. I literally get there two minutes before they're about to shut down for the night. Man takes my dog, drags him by the leash. He finagles out of his leash. He's standing there looking at me like, don't you leave me. And I'm like, Mason, there's nothing I can do. My love, I can't take you with me. It's $80 for me to leave you here. My baby is $100 each way to take you with me. And you're annoying and you're evil and you bite people. To the kennel you stay. Dropped him off at the kennel, got back in the car, headed all the way back home on the freeway, no less, at eight o'clock at night. Get home, pack a bag myself, Heat up some of my meal prep so I can have something in my stomach. Call my Uber. When I say I had the slowest Uber driver in the world, it took us 17 minutes for him to do a three-point turn out of my apartment complex. Mind blown. Now, is your wig on tight? Please make sure that your wig is on tight. Get to the train station with two minutes left to spare. They're opening the doors for the gate. I run down the stairs, hop on a train. Now, it's 8.30 at night on the train from Harrisburg to Philadelphia. Who's on the train? It's 20 people on like a 200 passenger train. I sit down in a seat. I got a whole section by myself. There's no other passengers within seven rows in either direction of me. And then this chick come on behind me. And where do you think she got to sit? She got to sit directly in the seat behind me. I look to my left, I look to my right, I look up, I look down, I look diagonal, and I look 45 degrees to the west. Why, my baby, out of all these open seats, you decide to invade my comfort space? Because when you got that much room, your comfort zone is literally 50 feet around you in all directions, full circumference. She had to sit down in the row right behind me. I said, you know what? I'm not even going to deal with this. This train ride is about an hour and a little bit of change. Let me get out of here. Get out. Get in the Uber. Go to my cousin's house. We lit. Me and my cousin are like literally two peas in the same pie. It's like we were separated at birth with 15 years of age in between us. And when I say I have the best time with my cousin anytime I go to Philadelphia, I'm chilling at her house, fall asleep on the couch, watching you. Let me tell you something about you. If you ain't seen you on Netflix, I do not understand what you're doing with your life. I really, really don't. It is the best show. Uh, you know what? Let me stop because Game of Thrones is absolutely life. Meanwhile, back on the ranch, I hop in another Uber this morning to come to the airport. The worst Uber driver I've never had in my life. Baby girl was doing 97 and a 20. When I say my heart dropped in my ass a few times on the ride to the airport. You know when you in somebody else's car, you don't know them. 
maybe it might be a friend of yours and you in the back seat. So you're like, I definitely can't be a back seat driver with somebody I don't know. Now imagine that's your Uber driver. Now you're paying for this ride to the airport. Now listen, I appreciate the fact that she wanted to get me here with plenty enough time to catch my flight and walk through security, considering the government shutdown is happening. And there's a lot of people calling out sick from TSA, right? Appreciate you. But baby, I still got to get there in one piece. I still got to get there in one piece. I got out. I said, thank you, baby. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Ethelan, for getting me here in one piece. When I say she had been, had been five years saying to my mother, driving like you a Nancy Indy race car driver, Danica Patrick better look out. That's all I'm saying. We arrive here. I always do carry-ons. It's very, very rare that I'll ever check a bag just because I'm not spending the extra money for all of that. Nice thing about flying Southwest is that you get two bags for free. Anybody got time to wait in baggage claim? I like to just go straight through security, go straight on my plane. Now, I got here super duper early. My flight left at 1.30 to go to Florida. I got to the airport maybe 11.08. I come through security because I'm preparing myself for longer security lines, more gates to be shut down because of lack of staffing. When I come in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna thank, I'm gonna thank my stars that I made it here in one piece. Let me get in this line. We get in this line. First of all, I think that the airlines are actually contracting out other people to run security. So like, when you come to the airport, when you get in the security line, there's always that one person at the very end of the security line that's just checking to see if you have a boarding pass before even letting you through the security line. These are normally TSA agents. These were not TSA agents. They had black on, they had some other logo on their jackets and whatnot. And I had no idea where they were from, but I'm like, ooh, are y'all outside contractors? Now in my head, I'm looking around, I'm seeing a whole bunch of blue shirts, it's a whole bunch of TSA. And just knowing that they showing up to work without getting paid, I'm like, oh, oh, dedicated to the craft. I'm not mad at it at all, especially because you being here helps me out, get to my plane a lot faster. We get through the line. Let me tell you something. When I say every TSA agent is the rudest, most disrespectful, condescending, we in line. And all of a sudden, one lady was like, you know what? You know what would be nice? If all of y'all could go to that line down there so I can take some different people. That's literally what she said. She looked at the whole line. Everybody that's coming towards her, because they have different people in different areas, and you get directed in different traffic depending on what line that you're in. She literally rerouted the whole line and told us, you know what would be nice? Then the other girl got them coming up. She said, uh, she said y'all move along. That means all of y'all. I, I, again, my head turned to my left, my head turned to my right. I looked up, I looked down, I looked diagonal, and then I looked 45 degrees to the east towards the rising sun. And I said, oh. Oh no, people in front of me, a little, just a little old couple. The mother or the wife or the woman, whatever. She clutched her invisible pearl. She said, oh no, do you hear how they're talking to us? Then one other lady came around and was like, excuse me. She moved a little velvet rope thing or whatever it is out the way so she could cut through the line and get through so she wouldn't have to walk all the way around. Understandable, excuse me. They didn't hear Um. Excuse me, security is trying to come through. Are you gonna let me through or not? I said, oh, 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 is that what we're doing? Oh, so so much animosity in the air. So much animosity in the air. And when I say everybody in line was looking like, oh, jaw to the floor, ass bugging, our wigs are now collectively on the floor. I look in front of me, 
the lady in front of me is so flabbergasted, so disgusted, so abhorred, so disenchanted with the service that she's getting right now. She turns and she says to me, she said, this is absolutely ridiculous. Do you think that we can write a letter to somebody? They can't talk to us like this. What do you think? And then I thought, I looked up, I looked down, I looked left, and then I looked right. I looked diagonal, and this time I looked 45 degrees to the south. I said, Miss Lady, hit me with your heart and not just your ears. These people are completely justified in everything that they're throwing at us today, and I'm just going to catch it, and I'm just going to take it. One for the team, charge it to the game, baby. She said, what, what, what do you mean? They can't talk to us like this. We're paying customers. I said, baby, listen, these people are showing up here knowing and understanding full well that they are not being paid. And we are entering, what, day 34, day 7 million and 22 of the longest shutdown in U.S. government history. These people are showing up to work. Literally, they can't strike. They can't take anything but sick days. You can't strike. You can't walk off. You might not want to necessarily quit because literally if the government turns back on, you might be losing government benefits, all this other stuff. Pensions that you done put in years for. Ain't no telling what you could be losing out on. And these people are showing up literally under the, the, the legal guise of indentured servitude. Baby, whatever they want to give us, honey, we're going to have to take it. If somebody slaps me and tells me to take my shoes off, I'm going to say, uh, yes, a boss. I have to take my shoes off right now. Can you imagine? I can't imagine when I sell something on Poshmark and my money don't show up in my account within the three days that it's supposed to. I can't understand that. I can't understand when I write somebody a check and it takes them two weeks to cash it instead of the two days when I told you it was going to be in the account. I can't understand that. But you trying to figure out why they talking to you rude and they showing up to work for 30 something days now and ain't got nah, nah, a paycheck. Oh, no, baby. Oh, baby, you take it. And we're all going to take it. And again, I looked up and I looked down that line. I looked to my left and I looked to my right. And everybody just started nodding in agreement. And they said, oh, the ancestors in the Black Panther parallel universe, they said, uh, Queen. You spoke to the people today. You spoke to them and you spoke nothing but truth. The spirit of the king ancestors was strong in me today. And I had to understand that sometimes, sometimes when other people are sacrificing for the sake of comfort, whether it be legality, making sure they get their benefits, when everything, whatever, when somebody is sacrificing their well-being, their financial well-being for your comfort letter, level for you to be able to get through security a little bit faster to see your, whatever the situation is. If I was going to see my dad during a health scare or if I was just on vacation riding out so I could live my best life in Aruba, whatever the reasoning are is these people are showing up to work when they can because listen if 2,900 of them walked out right now and said <coughs> I'm sick I need to take three days to be an Uber driver I'm not mad. If I would have came to Philadelphia International Airport and there would have been only one terminal, one security gate open with 6,000 customers that's flying all over the country and I had to wait for two hours to get through security, I would not have complained because these people are showing up to work under the umbrella of legal endurance of servitude by not getting paid because a walking peach mango in the White House said that he would like a wall in order to keep brown people out of his country. I can't. I absolutely can't. This 
most absolutely a conversation. But when you see the real, real, real world effects of everything, I mean, to the point where I'm actually nervous to get on the plane because there are no federal aviation inspectors that are at work right now. There is no FBI making sure that people who are supposed to be on a no-fly list, new people are added to the no-fly list or something crazy happens. None of that is happening right now. This has real-world consequences, whether or not you work for the government and you're actually missing a paycheck, if you're the family member of somebody missing a paycheck, or if you just are in this country living, working, eating without your food being inspected every day. This affects all of us. Now, I come from a military family, and I come from a family where a lot of people are government contractors, to the point where my mother was considered, for some shutdowns, as essential because she worked in the Army Medical Supply Unit. But come on, put these people back to work. Whatever y'all need to do to figure out on the other end, donate y'all paychecks to the cause. I'm not understanding why we can't get this thing going. Y'all get paid, we pay y'all a lot of money to figure out this stuff before it comes down to where things are being shut down because y'all can't agree to come to the table on nothing. And I don't necessarily want to be on the Democratic side or Republican side, but my baby, all of y'all, are not living up to y'all creeds right now. Y'all are supposed to serve, protect, and honor the Constitution and the American people. This is not what's good for this country. Almost a million people are not getting a paycheck. And more than half of them still have to show up for work every day. I would almost say that the ones are lucky that are considered non-essential know you're not getting a paycheck, but also you don't have to show up. So maybe you can do something else on the side. But not being able to strike or anything like that, that's crazy, yeah? We gotta do something about this. I didn't even do a podcast this week because I've just been so disgusted with everything. I was really supposed to do one on the state of the culture for MLK Day, you know, just in the air and all that jazz. But I've just been so heartbroken seeing people coming in, my job, you know, it, I do appreciate the fact that where I work, we're trying to do things to take some of the financial burden off, I guess, as much as we can. But it ain't enough. It ain't nothing enough until these people are all back to work and they have all the back pay that they're owed. And plus some, I would say. Give them more. Give them extra. Give them bonuses. We give all these huge corporations these bailout monies when, when they haven't figured out their own finances because we label them as too big to fail. But then we're so quick to shut down civil servants that come to work. I don't know about y'all. I don't know if y'all know this, but government employees don't get paid a lot. It was always the dream to have a government or a federal position because you already knew that you were going to get good benefits, pension for life, as long as you put in a certain amount of hours, guaranteed work, good contracts, lifelong positions. But they don't get paid a lot. And they have to go every single week and literally be forced to show up every day without the option to strike, walk out, protest, anything like that. The only thing you do, the only power that you have is to call out sick. And again, you're not being paid at all. At all. So yeah, if she wants to tell us to mosey on along and get our asses in the next line and now I don't feel like taking no customers and didn't you hear me say get out your driver's license? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to have to do that. Try to get it. Make sure y'all keep these people on their feet. They work for us. We don't work for them. We outnumber them so many times over. And if we put our voices together in a positive, for positive change, 
There's no telling what we can accomplish. So there you go. There's a podcast for the week. That's the state of the culture. Oh, BT Dubs? Kamala Harris is running for president. <laughs>